direct your attention at the outset of this message to Psalm 55. I'm going to move down. Amen. I got to get closer to you all. It's Bible study night. Amen. Psalm 55. If you have your Bibles or a device that you could read the Bible from, Psalm 55. I know sometimes we, we like to depend on our media team for the, the screens to display the scriptures. But I think there's something to having the scripture right there in your own hands. And, uh, and also, I always want to encourage Amen Refuge members to not only have your Bible with you. I mean, come on, don't just let it be at home when you're at church. It's your sword. But uh, also have something where you could take notes on. Uh, whether it's uh, on on a pad of paper, a pen, or uh, through your app, on your mobile device. But I encourage you to take notes. We, uh, we forget the majority of what we hear, but when we take notes and write down the things that we hear, we are far more likely to remember them. And I believe that the things that are said in this house are worth remembering. And that's not just because I'm speaking. It's because I believe that the word of God is taught and preached here at this place. Psalm 55 and verse 16 and 17, and then also verse 22. Psalm 55, verse 16, 17, and 22. The Bible says, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. I'm going to call upon the Lord and he will save me. When am I going to call upon him? Evening and morning and at noon. I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Verse 22 says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Then in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35, Mark chapter 1 verse 35, the Bible says that rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and he went out to a desolate place or a place alone and there he prayed. Does anyone know who the he in this verse is referring to? Jesus. Which means that we find here that Jesus prayed. Now back, does anyone remember back in somewhere in the mid-2020, year 2020? Remember what it was like? I don't know, about mid-March, April, May? Some of you, your, your eyes twitching. <laughs> Remembering back to 2020. And here we are coming up on two years almost from, from when the whole world was impacted by this invisible virus that still plagues us literally to this day. Now, remembering back to mid-2020, uh, you might remember a term that uh, we really became familiarized with 
quickly. Uh, it wasn't necessarily an unfamiliar term, it just in the context it was unfamiliar to us, but they begin to, uh, we begin to hear about what is considered essential. There were essential workers, there was essential work, there were essential items, and all that was not considered essential was shut down. In fact, even to this day, my mind has a hard time grasping all that we lived through in the year 2020. I, does anyone else feel that way? When you think back to all that we lived through, and when I, when I say we, I'm not just talking about like us in this building. I'm talking about the whole planet. Like every human being that lived on the earth at that time, it was something that impacted all of us. But during that time, there was judgments or decisions that had to be made or that were made that divided what was considered essential from what was considered non-essential, whether it was workers or work or travel or what have you. My family and I, our sanity was kept intact during this time by our commitment to consistent prayer. I'm not sure if we would have survived each other if we didn't pray regularly. You see, prayer is essential to the soul. Prayer is essential. Could you say that with me? Prayer is essential. Let's say that again. Prayer is essential. One more time. Prayer is essential. Does anyone believe that? I believe that. And I believe that the majority of us in this room, if not all of us, agree with that statement. Prayer is essential. Consistent and daily time spent with the Lord in prayer and also in his word. Okay, so if we agree on that, maybe we should review what the word essential means. Because we all agree that prayer is essential, but what does essential mean? Essential means vital, indispensable, important, crucial, critical, necessary. It is fundamental. It is basic. And maybe this January, it's good, and really any January that the Lord allows us to see, it would be good for us to go back and review the basics. And prayer is part of those basics or those vitals in our lives. Here at the Refuge Church, I have taught often and spoken often about our five spiritual Okay, someone's paying attention. Vitals, our five spiritual vitals, which are prayer, the word of God, faithfulness, giving, and spiritual authority. And I, it's been some years ago, maybe 10 years ago, where I originally taught on those five spiritual vitals. And these things, there's no one scripture that encap encapsulates them all, but I have realized through my study and also from my observation and personal experience that these five things are things that I cannot do without. 
And in fact, I need to monitor each one of them carefully and closely to make sure that none of them are suffering or lacking in my life. For if one of them lacks, then it impacts all the others and it impacts my life spiritually. Prayer is one of those vitals. Prayer is essential. Prayer is fundamental. It's critical. We see that in Jesus' life. If you don't believe me, just look at Jesus' example. The one that we claim to be following and disciples of, Jesus prayed. And what we see here in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35 is one example that shares with us the secret behind the success of Jesus' life and his work that he accomplished. Maybe you and I would feel some sort of justification to live our lives for Christ without prayer if we saw that Jesus didn't pray. But we find the very opposite in his life. There were many a times we find that Jesus resorted to a place alone to pray. That he continued all night in prayer. That he rose early in the morning while the sun was still down and it was still dark. Why? To pray. Why does anyone get up before the sun rises? Must be important. <laughs> right? We do it. You do it. Maybe it's for work. Maybe it's for a hobby. Maybe because you want to get out there before the, the deer wake up. You want to hit the gym. There is a reason why people get up before the sun rises and usually it's because something that they deem as important to them. Well, Jesus showed us by his, his example, he was willing to get up before the sun rose. Why? Because of the important task of prayer. I don't believe that he had some kind of written agenda that he had in his hand, that he lived his life by. No, but he spent regular times of consistent prayer to find the plan for each and every day that he lived. He discovered the Father's will day by day during time spent in prayer. And by this, he warded off the urgent to accomplish the important. And too many times, would anyone else agree that you have fallen victim of becoming distracted and deterred from the life-giving time that we can spend alone with Jesus? Why? Because of the urgent, the urgent, the emergency matters of our life. <laughs> I know there were many a times over the past 12 months where I had to meet a contractor or had a meeting or even taking the kids to school. That it could easily rob me of my time with the Lord being first. Now, if Jesus, who was sinless, God incarnate, had to spend time in prayer, and he received the instructions for each day to do the will of God, can you and I do any less with our sinful flesh? So here we go. When? Where? And how do you pray? When, where, and how do you pray? If you had to answer that question right now, out loud, in front of everybody, 
how quickly would you answer that question? Because how you answer the question or even how long it takes you to answer the question will tell me a lot about your prayer life. Say, you're mean, you're judgmental. No, no, I just ain't no dummy. I know what it's like in my life. And I know if I have to look up into the left corner and think for a minute on how I'm going to answer that question, I ain't praying like I should. <laughs> if I don't have a when of when I'm praying and a how I'm praying and aware I'm praying that I could answer you very quickly, then the truth of the matter is, is my prayer life, I could say the word is inconsistent. But you might use the word, it stinks. It stinks. It's not very good. It, let's put it this way. It could be better. Now, if you feel lost on how to pray or when to pray or how to pray, you're not alone. The disciples of Jesus, they asked Jesus a few questions, and among those questions were, would you teach us, please, how to pray? Now, there are four things I gave you last January. I'll give you again quickly tonight. There are four things that I share with others that helped me with both my prayer time and time in the Word of God. Four things very quickly. If you've had these already, you could just remember that I gave you them before. And, but if you never had these, here are four things that helped me personally develop consistent prayer and time in the Word. Number one, Number one. <laughs> number one is number one. Number one is priority. And first must mean first. Pray first. And every day you do so will be made far better. Actually, let me rephrase that. Every day you do make prayer first, you will be made far better. Oh, your day might be exactly the same as it would have been if you didn't pray. But you'll be different. Oh, yeah. You will be way different. You could have the exact same day today as you will tomorrow. But the day you prayed will feel completely different. Because you're different when you pray. You've got to make it a priority. You've got to make it first. Secondly, so priority, secondly, this is what changed my life, is I had a place of prayer. A place, meaning a space and also a time that I can fully be with the Lord. For a long time, that place was literally the basement of my house. A corner of the basement of my house. Then... As we had available, we had the house of prayer. It became the house of prayer. But I needed some place where I could be away from distractions and with the Lord fully. But it's not just a space, it's a time. So if you're going to make prayer consistent in your life, make it a priority and make a place for it, meaning a place in your day. Schedule it. Make time for it. That means don't make an appointment during that time. That means don't schedule anything else during that time. That means silence your phone. Close the shades. If you've got a landline, unhook the landline and get alone with Jesus. So make it a priority. Have a place. Number three, I like to have a plan. This is what helped me. 
is I had a simple plan I could follow for prayer. And you probably all know the plan that I most use. It's what? Acts. A-C-T-S. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. But listen, that, maybe you've used that for a long time. And maybe it's starting to feel a little bit routine. Well, find something else. There's other acronyms out there, like prayer, or even praying the tabernacle, entering into his gates, coming to the altar sacrifice, to the brazen labor, pray the tabernacle. Or you could use the Lord's Prayer. One of the places it's found is in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Use the Lord's Prayer. Change it up, but spend that time with the Lord and have a plan. Why? Because the plan is going to help you go from praying for five minutes saying, I love you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, I love you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, 1,000 times in five minutes to praying 25 minutes and 55 minutes, and it, it goes by so quickly because you have this plan and you follow this process and the Lord hears your prayers. The fourth thing, it, this, is, this is totally optional, but it's something, again, that helped me have a consistent prayer life, and that's a, does anyone know? Playlist, that's right, a playlist. And so if you're going to use a playlist, so I usually like to build a playlist of music that kind of cor correlates with my prayer plan. And so like each song is a different step of prayer in my prayer plan. So each song, and what happens? Well, a song could be anywhere from four to seven to eight minutes. I mean, there's some albums like, you know, by Eddie James, his Yearn album, like each song is like 20 minutes long. <laughs> He's just playing on the piano. But if you develop that prayer, well, what do you have? If each song is a stage of prayer that you're in, well, that could very easily help you know how long you could pray for. But I do recommend that if you have a music playlist and you're going to play it um, from, let's say, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, I would recommend getting a subscription because a Home Depot commercial in the middle of your prayer time really puts a damper on things. Or you could have a CD. They still have those out there. You know. Now, it will be a fight. It will be a fight. But it will be a good fight. It will be a fight of faith. It will be a fight worth fighting for. I know I'm talking to young people here tonight as well as adults and children alike. Through this month, uh, I've worked together with Sister Chris about holding off kids' church, and we do this usually, and youth church. Of course, our youth room is under construction, so we're trying to get some things in order for that before we have our first youth church service in the new building. Still have Sunday school. I wish that I would have learned these things and, and gained victory in this fight when I was your age, Bella. Or even if I was as young as Jadavis. Because each day, week, month, and year that passed, where I did not have a consistent prayer life. It was filled with more defeat than victory. And can any adults testify 
than some of your worst regrets and defeats were through those teenage years of your life or through those years where you were turning 16, 17, 20, 24 years old. And oh, what a difference it would have made if you had a prayer life. So young people, fight this fight. What I mean by that is, I mean, literally, like, get behind this and say, I will pray. I'm not too young to pray. I can pray. And if I can pray, that means that radical things could happen by result of my prayer life. Not only for me personally, but in my school, in my family. Forgive me, I'm starting to preach here. So, let me give you some practical suggestions. Okay, so if you're taking notes, here's some practical suggestions if you want to win this fight. Whether you're a child, young person, adult, if you want to win this fight, here's some just practical suggestions. Number one, it sounds a little radical, but here it is. Make a covenant with God. Say, that's a big word. I don't, <laughs> what does that even mean? Make an agreement with God. I mean, like serious. Like where you, you make a vow. You, you make an agreement with God. God, I'm serious about this. And I want to I put something into effect, whether it's in writing or whatever. I make a covenant with you, Lord. You see, how serious are we? Let me ask you this. What daily essential, quote, unquote, are you willing to put second to your essential time spent with the Lord in prayer and with his word? What daily essential... Are you willing to put second to the real essential time with Jesus? I was so encouraged the other day when a member of the Refuge Church was telling me about their new daily routine. And their new daily routine includes exercise at like 4.30 in the morning. Talk about before the sun rises. And this church member was involved in this new daily routine when conviction from God hit them because they were at the gym and they hadn't spent time with the one from whom they get their true strength. So they ran out of the gym, leaving their workout buddy all by themselves. <laughs> Explanation was given later because their exercise partner doesn't attend church. But what this church member did is they realized that there are some things that are more essential than others. Bodily exercise, the apostle said, profiteth, but it profits little compared to the spiritual exercise. So here you, here, here's what you got to do. You got to schedule it. I've already mentioned it. You got to schedule it. Now, you might say, well, I, that scripture you read from, was it Psalm 55? Evening and morning and at noon. That's my prayer schedule. I'll start in the evening, right? I'll start in the evening. How many knows that when you say, Lord, I'll get you tonight? How many times did you miss that appointment? 
Now, why did the psalmist say evening and morning and at noon? I'll tell you why. Because the Jewish day begins at sunset. You could get that from Genesis chapter 1. When God made light and he separated the light from darkness and he said evening and morning were the first day. So what, what's the point here? The point is this. He said evening, morning, and at noon. I'm going to pray first. The first part of my day. Well, you say, okay, I'm going to do it at night. Well, as long as you do it in the morning too. Let the first thing you do in the day be time spent with Jesus. Because Jesus, he's best when he is where he belongs. Number one. I know, I know it's a struggle, right? Well, here's some pointers. How about this? You want to read your Bible, right? Keep it open. Wherever you read it, find a place where you're going to read your Bible. It might be your nightstand. It might be beside a favorite seat in your house. But have your Bible open where you left off reading and keep it open so you read it there the next day. It's a reminder. Or have a bookmark. Now be prepared because Satan will give you excuses. Listen to me. Why are you wasting your time? You prayed about such and such, and you prayed for so and so. Did it do any good? Oh, it didn't. So you could see the end from the beginning, right? And you know what it looks like from eternity. Here you are tonight in this room, and your hurt has turned into anger, and your anger into bitterness, and now your soul tastes of bitterness. The pastor of this assembly challenges you to come close again to Jesus, who loves you. He cares about you, and he heard your prayer. I know some young people in this room that turned in prayer request cards many times. And their answered prayers are sitting in this room right now. You got to remember the author and finisher of your faith. And know that Jesus is your example and my example. Remember what we read. Mark chapter 1 verse 35 I believe it was. Remember that he lived and he prayed and he prayed so he lived and he was under God's authority. And living this way does not guarantee you a life free of trouble. Jesus was constantly under attack from Satan and leaders of the people in his day. Yet he did not shy away from controversy or confrontation. And Remember that this divine guidance and his purpose, the purpose of God played out in his life in the days of his flesh, it led to what? It led to a cross. But it also led to the resurrection. And behind it all was God's purpose and his victory. What happened to Jesus might have looked like total failure. But never did a man or woman ever live in human history that accomplished more in their life than Jesus did in his 33 and a half years. So you could try it a hundred different ways and think you could accomplish so much in your life. But if you do not follow the plan and the practices of Jesus Christ, you will fall 
terribly short of any kind of real measure of success in your life. Put prayer first. <laughs> Anyhow, let's get back to the practical. I can't get up in time, right? Like I barely wake up in time to get ready for school. Sometimes I forget to brush my teeth before going to work because I'm in such a rush. I hope that's not the case, real. But maybe it is. That's, that's kind of where you're at. Well, here's some tips. Here's some, t- some practical tips. This will help you in your life, not just with your prayer life. Get to bed at a decent hour. Well, it's getting tight in here with conviction. Personally, I prefer at least seven hours of sleep. Seven hours is, is my prime number. So usually, I, I, I've done it since I was 17 and I started working road construction. I always count backwards. Am I going to get my seven hours of sleep? I could operate off of six. I could operate fewer than that, and I have. But seven hours is nice. So if I want to meet Jesus at five, if I want to meet Jesus at seven, I've got to get to bed at a certain time. I've got to consciously make a choice that I'm not going to stay up doing God knows what that probably has no real eternal consequence in my life. If anything, it might be detrimental. Here's some more advice. Instead of going to bed with the most carnal of thoughts or just fleshly thoughts, whatever, go to bed with some spiritual thoughts. Let the last thing you do be reading the Word of God or reading something that is inspired by the Word of God or considering the things of God or talking about the things of God with your spouse. Let yourself be the last things you do before you go to sleep. Be spiritually minded. I'm just trying to help you. Now, you could, you could be frustrated for the rest of your life and never develop a consistent prayer life. But I'm just giving some tips so that you don't have to live that way. Because you don't have to. You don't have to stay up watching a movie. You don't have to stay up playing video games. You don't have to. Do not, don't you dare complain to me how tired you are on Sunday morning if you stayed up, fill in the blank, till whatever time, being some bozo, watching movies, playing video games, goofing off, you've got no excuse. I will kick you between the teeth. No, I won't. That was terrible. I shouldn't have said that. I don't, that came out. I needed to pray a little bit more this morning. So here's, here's some good advice. So when your alarm goes off, because you're going to set your alarm, because you want to make sure you take time, not only to get dressed and get ready for school and work, but you're going to take time to meet with Jesus, right? So what are you going to do? Tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, you're going to set your alarm for whatever hour, 6 a.m. You're going to set your alarm for 6 a.m., right? Your alarm goes off. What do you do? What do you do? Snooze. And if you're like me, you set an alarm for 6, 6.05, 6.10, We're losers. I know. <laughs> We're terrible. But that's just who I am. Okay? But you know what helps? Get out of bed. <laughs> Throw those covers back 
I don't care how cold it feels. The wind is howling outside. It's the middle of winter. Get out of bed. Put your bare feet on that cold floor and get yourself to the bathroom. Brush your teeth. Slap some water in your face. Take a shower. Get dressed. You say, well, I don't have to get dressed today. It's a Saturday. Get dressed. You know why? Because it's going to help you. It's going to help you wake up. For those of you that don't have to go to school tomorrow, for whatever reason, it's too cold outside, so the school district says you don't have to go to school and you're going to do it in home learning. Whatever. You are not. You're going to sit there in your PJs. Get up and get dressed and go meet with Jesus. Now, maybe, maybe it's not a problem for you, so you can meet with Jesus in your PJs, but if you're having a problem getting out of bed, just get out of bed, slap some water in your face, brush your teeth, and get up. Get out of bed. Wake up. All right? Here's some other practical advice. This is what helps me. Okay? I'm just, I'm just sharing what helps me. Because you know what happens to me? I've been, here I am, I've been a licensed minister for too long, pastoring. But you know what happens to me? I go to my prayer spot at my prayer time, and I sit down. And I've got my Bible app open, and I'm reading my Bible, and I am dozing off. I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. Okay, okay, I'm going to pray. So I start praying, and I sit there. <sighs> yes, I love you, Jesus. Yes. Your presence is so sweet to me. Such peace and rest in your presence. So you know what I do? Because I fall asleep sometimes when I'm trying to pray and I'm trying to do the right thing and I'm trying to read my Bible. So you know what I do? I stand up. And coffee. <laughs> coffee and Jesus. And I stand up. I am going to wear out this carpet. Because I've already found my prayer place. It is pacing back and forth on this carpet. Okay? Um, and I walk when I pray. You don't have to do it. Maybe you don't have a problem with this. But I fall asleep when I'm sitting still. Okay? And so I get up and I walk and I talk with Jesus. I meet him in the cool of the day. Just me and Jesus. And I'm walking and I'm talking. I'm getting my steps in. You ask how I stay so trim. I pray. <laughs> I pray. And you know what? When I'm falling asleep, when I'm reading my Bible, so you know what I do? I read the Bible out loud. You say, that's childish. Listen to you. You're childish. I didn't know you were so childish. Well, Jesus said, you've got to become like a child. <laughs> but I read the Bible out loud. Sometimes I listen to the Bible and read the Bible out loud. Because when I listen to the Bible, it teaches me how to say those really hard words and names and cities. And so I listen to the Bible and I read it out loud. And also what else I do to help me stay awake and alert and attentive to what he's trying to tell me while I'm praying, while I'm reading the Bible, I take notes. I've got my Evernote app always there. I've got a certain journal in my Evernote app that's called Daily Time with the Lord. And I, I've, got, I've got notes in there from years ago, as long as I've had the, that app. And I could always go back and look at them. And maybe you, apps aren't the thing. Maybe you're like Sister Walker. She loves pen and paper. We say, Sister Walker, we've got announcements digitally now. She's like, I don't care. I want a piece of paper. 
But you know what? Find what works for you. Get up. Walk. Read out loud. Take notes. Because you can win this fight. Prayer is essential. And prayer will make all the difference in your life. Let's stand together. So, I always feel awkward when I have you guys stand and I'm not on the platform because now no one can see me past the second row. Okay. So, what? Thank you, son. I feel like you're trying to stand as tall as you can right now. (laughs) Brother Walker asked a great question um, Monday night when we were talking about fasting. And uh, he asked, well, what if, you know, what if you mess up the day you're going to fast and you eat something? Well, let me give you some advice here. Kind of is very similar to that. What if I miss a day of prayer? You know, pastor, you, you, you talk a good game and you know what? You convinced me I'm going to try to pray and I'm going to pray tomorrow and you pray tomorrow. And then Friday comes around and you don't pray. What happens then? Don't give in to guilt. Okay. Don't allow it to simply become an item also that's just on your to-do list either. Don't give up. Get back on track. Remember this. It takes about three weeks for a new, a new thing that you're doing, like prayer, to become familiar. And about another three weeks before it becomes just a natural second, like, like breathing. It's just something that comes naturally to you. So be patient. Remain consistent. And I close with this. I was going to speak this in general terms, but I want to speak it very specifically to the Refuge Church. To us. Everyone say to us. To us who are members of this local assembly. To us. The most comfortable or familiar place for us should be in prayer. Whether it's our personal time of prayer or corporate time of prayer. Whether it's all church prayer or an altar call or in our prayer closet. The place that you, you, everyone say me. Point at yourself, say me. The place where you feel most at home should be in prayer. Now I know that when we have guests come that perhaps are not accustomed to to some of these practices of worship, prayer, praise, it might be very uncomfortable for them. But for you, if, if, if a worship song goes long or if altar call goes long and people are praying or whatever happens, God, it's like Sister Brown was teaching the other day, smells like home. This is it. This is where I live. This is where I find life. You're struggling. You're struggling with sin. You're struggling with besetting sin. You're struggling with destructive habits. You're struggling in your own mind with a lack of peace and and hurt and anger in your heart. I'm telling you right now, the cure is just a little more time with Jesus. Tell him all about your trouble. Amen. In fact, let's pray right now as we close this service. Lord, we come before you right now. And we're so thankful, not just for the opportunity to come together in this place for worship and the word, but for the privilege that we have of coming to the very throne of grace in prayer. What an honor 
What an honor, Lord. And I pray that truly it will be renewed in each of our spirits, everyone that's in this place. Lord, an understanding that we have a great honor and access that we have into your presence through prayer. That, Lord, if we have if we have peace that is lacking in our life, or joy is lacking in our life, or love, or Lord, all those wonderful things, we could find them in your presence. Lord, the fight of having a consistent prayer life and time spent with you and your word, it's going to be a fight with our flesh, a fight with our adversary, a fight with the cares of this world, but it's a fight worth fighting. It's a good fight of faith, and I pray that we'll take both the practical and the spiritual uh, tips and advice that was given here tonight, and we will put them into application, and we'll spend time with you. Oh, Lord, I pray that we will look for the things that we consider daily essentials of life, and that we will cause them to become second to the essential of our time spent with you in prayer and the Word. Lord, it's where we receive our breath. It's where we receive the nourishment to our soul. Lord, our time with you will help us make good decisions. Our time with you will give us clarity and answers. Our time with you will help develop the Christ-like nature that should be in each and every one of us. Our time with you will make us every day a little bit better than the day before. No matter what comes, we'll face it. We'll be able to overcome it through time with you. We need you, Lord, more than anything else. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Jesus is waiting for you. I said, Jesus, he's waiting for you each day. He's got new mercy for you. Why don't you go and get it right from his hands? I love my church family. I believe that many of you are taking very serious these 10 days of prayer and fasting. If you have not already joined us, I would that you would join us together in days of prayer, days of fasting, together as a church family to start this year off right. I hope to see you 6 o'clock Saturday night. God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Please remember our announcements.